Hey there, welcome back to the Back Fortune Podcast. It's uh, It's been a minute, been a minute. Appreciate you tuning in, checking out uh, the podcast, seeing what's going on. If this is your first time joining us, uh, my name is Jason. Uh, this is my back porch. Uh, I have this screened-in back porch that we do a lot of life in and have a lot of conversations and talk about life and faith and uh, pretty much everything in between. And uh, this place has been a gift from the Lord, for sure. And we have uh, incredible conversations back here all the time. And so I wanted to capture some of those thoughts, some of those conversations with some friends, but also just things God's teaching me, uh, mostly from conversations back here or processing uh, the ins and outs and ups and downs of life with a bunch of folks. So that's kind of what this thing is. It's been cool to have. Uh, if you have subscribed to this bad boy, you've probably realized it's been a while before there's been a new one. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. Uh, first off, um, I've mentioned this before in prior podcasts, and it hadn't slowed down a whole lot. But the last year, uh, <laughs> oh wow, um, it's been quite the challenge, frankly. Yeah, a lot of a lot of challenges and a lot of things uh, going in a direction I didn't anticipate it and uh, it's been a test for sure um, in the middle of all that uh, the, the computer I used to actually record this podcast uh, had an issue and so that took me out of the, the podcast game for a while uh, luckily through the generosity of a, of a friend uh, that was remedied this past week so uh, I'm recording this on a computer that is capable of doing that and that's pretty cool and very grateful uh, to the Lord for providing this thing so I can hit record again. So look forward to having this as an outlet to process some things with you. And oh Lord, is there a lot to process. There's no way I could even begin to scratch the surface of all the things God has been teaching me or trying to teach me or is in the process of trying to teach old hard-headed me in the last long, uh, gosh, a year for sure, nine months, no doubt. Been Been some interesting challenges and look forward to unpacking some of that with you and some of the things God's taught me uh, I wish I could just sit here and tell you I've always handled it well and things have been awesome but that would be an outright lie and I don't want to do that it's not what we do on the porch uh, we, we keep it real back here and I think if I if I was to summarize anything I there's so much God's taught me in the last long time um, there's a thing, I, I read this really fascinating book by John Eldridge last fall, uh, his newest one called Get Your Life Back, and that thing was like a roadmap to my soul, and I, I wouldn't say, it, it was a great hard read, because the, the minute I picked it up, I was in a little bit of a hard place. Okay, that's a lie. Uh, I was in a really tough place, emotionally, mentally. Um, even spiritually, just kind of digging for some hope and asking God why and, and what and just trying to figure things out as I figure out what he's doing in my life and career and I still don't have clarity on all that but yet at the same time grateful he's carried me this far. Uh, there's a part in that book that really caused me to stop and think and has led to some really fascinating conversations back here but he talks about this concept of soul erosion and for me uh, 2021 marks 25 years of whatever it is I do student ministry 
small groups, whatever it is I do in my life. Uh, it's just 25 years of drawing the line in the sand and saying, God, I'll follow. And uh, late last fall was probably one of the first times I ever hit the brakes and stopped to really think about 25 years of relational ministry. And in the book, he talks about grieving, not just grieving because someone passes away, that is grief, but also grieving unmet expectations, grieving things not going the way you want them to, grieving relationships or jobs or uh, things that you were hoping would happen and didn't, or whatever that might be in your life. And he even encourages the reader to, to stop and make a list of things you need to personally grieve and invite Jesus into and I know for me as dudes we tend to just kind of rub some dirt on it and get back in the game and keep moving and although along the road of life I've taken time to, to process things even wrote about that in my first book I think have I taken time to really intimately invite Jesus into the crevices of my soul that had hurt and had pain and had frustration or did I just kind of move on saying God you got it which is nothing wrong with that but that I really invite him into the moment and it's been a transformative practice for me to stop and really invite Jesus into the places I don't want him frankly to see the doubt the hurt the pain the frustration and uh, last year has ripped the band-aid off a lot of that for me and it's caused me to see things in me that I don't know, I wanted to see, but in a really awkwardly grateful way, I'm grateful for. I'm ready for the season to be over, but uh, I think one day I'll look back and be grateful for how God has been uh, kicking me around and molding me uh, in some pretty deep ways in this time. And tell you what, I, I don't know, uh, at the end of the year, the, the back porch question was, what was what do you think God was trying to teach you this year? And for me, that answer is very clear. Uh, number one is this: I'm grateful to have community. Uh, I've had a lot of times back here in the last long, long, long time with some great friends where I've been able to vent and not necessarily be in a good place, and it's okay. And they're still my friends. <laughs> They heard me be frustrated, they heard me complain, they heard me whine, they heard me doubt, they heard me wonder, and they didn't walk away from me. They still took my calls, they still showed up, they still engaged, whether that's men in my men's group, whether that's some close friends, whoever that is, I've been really blessed, and I might not have much to show for my life, but if, if I have anything God's blessed me with, I've very lucky to have some great community and I'm very thankful for that and last year we revealed that to me in a way that uh, was incredible to have a trampoline of sorts that you could bounce on when you're falling and know that they're gonna listen and there's something to be said about knowing you're not alone and although I do think God carries you through things alone to remind you that he's there with you there's also times where he allows you to go through those things I believe so that you can see what he's given you and what's around you and I'll say for sure this last long time has, has been that uh, just a quick encouraging thought uh, just kind of a quick back porch thought 
a friend of mine asked me to write a series for his church uh, based on a verse, and the verse is in the book of Acts. And it's Acts 1-8. It's a verse you've probably heard a billion times if you've grown up in church world. And it's a verse that has been pretty synonymous with uh, evangelism and going out and doing things. And he asked me to, to write a four-week series on this this verse. And so as I sat back with it, um, it something happened. And let me read the verse. It's in Acts chapter 1. And it says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And you will be my witnesses. I don't know how many times I've taught that verse. How many times I've sat in small groups and we've talked about that verse. But for whatever reason this time around, that word witness really triggered something in me. Uh, 20 years ago in American Christianity, we used the word witness a lot is a verb about evangelism. Did you go witness to someone? Will you go witness? And witness was a word that symbolized leading someone to a gospel conversation and a decision. And although I believe that is part of the meaning, I think part of this verse is not just about evangelism. It's about your life. Hey, you've witnessed Jesus. Will others witness Jesus because of you? Will you be a witness? Would you testify on behalf of what you've seen God do? And for me, that struck me in a really deep place. How are people witnessing Jesus and me even when life doesn't make sense? Even when job stuff maybe didn't go in the direction I was hoping it would and still trusting God for that. Maybe when life stuff or financial stuff or, or whatever those things are. Like for me, there's been a whole list of that stuff. How are people witnessing Jesus? In me? How am I witnessing Jesus in it? And if someone was to interact with me, would they witness Jesus because... Or would they question if Jesus is real? And that struck me deeply. Man, how are people witnessing Jesus because of my life and because of what I've seen and because of what I'm... And I wish I could tell you, man, that verse encouraged me because I'm such a great witness. I think there's times where maybe I do okay with that. I could look back in the last year and see times where God really has been kicking me a little bit and, and prod me and poking me and reminding me that I still have a story to tell. And uh, I tell you what, how does Jesus still believe in me? I don't know. I've given him a lot of reasons to quit, but he still does, and that, that's amazing. And the same thing's true for you. But how are others witnessing Jesus because of you, the good and the bad? How are others seeing Jesus because of the journey God has your life on? And that, for me, has been a really strong challenge. It's led to some really phenomenal conversations back here the, the last uh, even couple weeks. And I just wanted to challenge you with that today. How, how is, because of whatever place your life is in, how are you witnessing Jesus and how are people witnessing Jesus through you? And I tell you what, that challenge for me has been really, 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 uh, it's penetrated my soul in a way that's allowed me to, to see purpose and to find a little bit of message in the mess and to realize that maybe God does have something uh, in this, this crazy, crazy place. And that doesn't just apply to, uh, I'm going to go there, so hang on. Uh, it doesn't just apply to faith-based things. I think it applies to culture, too. If you were to track, and I don't want to get into politics, and 
Lord knows we've talked so much politics back here in the last year. Oof. <laughs> um, I'll just say this. I think it would be obvious to make the statement. If you have a biblical worldview, if we were to track even the most recent elections, you're in a minority in our country of people who have a biblical worldview and allow that to affect uh, maybe how you vote, if you want to say that, or who you vote for. If you're to, to, to track culture and what we're allowing and what we're saying is okay or not okay, how we've silenced the, the voice of the modern church and culture, you would say if you have a biblical worldview, you're in the minority. And what that tells me is what an incredible opportunity to be a witness, to tell others about the hope that we found in Jesus, to tell others how we navigate life because of him and they might not understand that and that's okay because it's not my job to make them understand it's my job to be a witness and let God handle the results so this challenge of being a witness is not just about evangelism or just about your own life it's also about how does our witness affect others and those around us because God will put people in our lives that we get to be a witness for and a witness to it's not about us it's about pointing them back to the one who's worth being a witness for so that's a few thoughts from uh the back porch i have a whole lot to unpack that i'll be doing over the next uh, couple podcasts of the last many couple months and it's not been uh this has not been one-on-one level stuff this has been some master's level stuff in life and faith and so, so.